Welcome to the Pop on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is Body Blow. Body Blow. Uh, I am the Pope in question. My name is May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode four hundred and fifty-five, Bunny, and it, it, Bunny. Do you have a problem with your ticker? Because your heart's not in this podcast. You're a bum, Bunny. <laughs> You're a bum. We're just Meredith. Anyway, it, yes. we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. It's episode 455 of the podcast. Yes, yes, Little Lebowski Urban Achievers, and proud we are of all of that. It's summer! Yes, it is summertime once again, and you know what that means. Uh, it's time to hang up your summer stockings, put up your summer lights, put out your summer skeletons it's time to paint the eggs time to prepare for your annual pilgrimage to mecca and of course the true meaning of summer it's time to set bags of your own crap on fire ring the doorbell and run away yes and here here on the pope on film podcast that means one thing the return of our themed summers this is the sixth annual themed summer that we have done on this podcast, which is mind-blowing yes. that we have been around for that long. You know, we've been doing this podcast since October of uh, 2014, Yes, which was uh, 20 years ago. So uh, this is the sixth themed summer we've done. We started with the summer of Star Wars, which was surprisingly painful. Yes, yes, it was. Expecting it to be more fun, and I'm sorry, I like Solo. Yes. Uh, I like it. Then we did the summer of Saw. I loved it. Funny, thought it was fine. Yes. But I loved it. I was thinking of Saw while watching Rocky from 1976. And Rocky II from 1979. Because remember when it took three years for a movie to come out? Yeah. But for you waited three years for a sequel, uh, unless on the rare chance that they filmed, you know, two movies back to back, like Back to the Future 2 and 3, or X and Pearl. But it, they, they were doing Saw movies one a year. Oh, yeah. That it was, was like the Halloween movie for many years. Yeah, yeah. So then, it, it, our our theme summers have always been about not doing the Fast and the Furious movies. Yes. Because I hate them. I think they're crap. I think that the Fast and the Furious movies and the Mission Impossible movies all fall within the same uh, category, which is, hey... Hey Britain, uh, but hey England, that's a nice uh, James Bond franchise you got going there. Can we make one? No. Well, fucking screw you. We're gonna make our own. Yeah. 
And it's going to have cars in space that blow up. You know, that's what Mission Impossible is right now. I don't, I, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe I saw the first Mission Impossible. And that's like a big fucking maybe. And I have not seen I saw the first one. any of them. Yeah, I saw the first one. Never saw any of the other ones. Period. At all. Whatsoever. Buenos noches, Cochise. I have so, tried, uh, I have tried the one with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman because I fucking love that guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I tried, I but then, him. like, that's Tom Cruise, and I have to turn it off. Yeah, yeah. He's 61 years old. Just, yeah. Sorry, everyone. He's 61 years old. Uh, so on our third summer, I was finally going to relent and do The Fast and the Furious, but then a blessing from disguise, Fred Willard died. Yes. Right before summer. So we transitioned at the last second to the summer of Fred Willard. And that was the best. And we saw these. Oh, we got to do Teenage did. Mother that summer. Teenage A Mother. Yeah. Movie and classic. that uh, radio guy who was talking to aliens or something. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. We were watching uh, big popular things that he was in and the tiniest things that no one has ever seen. And we had the Fred Willometer. The Fred yes. Willowmeter to show how much Fred Willard was in the film and how long you had to wait for Fred Willard to show up. Uh, Which surprisingly was wagon. not long in most cases. Yeah. I can't do my work. I don't think so. The summer after that was our summer of bottoming, which I yes. thought was a cute name. That one, we uh, watched movies from IMDb's list, ever-changing list of the bottom 100 worst-reviewed movies of all time, which was kind of fun. Uh, then we took a... a, a uh, uh, we took a... What's the word? I don't want to say break. We took a hiatus for a while. And Bunny was really good. He was really nice. And he was like, hey, take your time. We can... Restart the podcast whenever you're ready. And I'm like, yes, I've been through so much. I just need some time uh, to myself. And oh, my God, I got the greatest idea for a summer. Yeah. <laughs> so we did the summer of COVID exploitation, which is COVID exploitation films. And that was shit. That was hard. But... Uh, we got the jump on the story of Joshua Wesley. Yes, yes, we did. Since, since last summer, the name Joshua Wesley, the youth pastor, has become sort of a like a like a, a famous thing. And it's like, oh my goodness, youth pastor marrying this younger. Oh my goodness! And did you know that he made a movie? Yeah, we saw it. It sucked. Yes, in a kind of hilarious way. Oh God, yes. Yeah, in a very much the room, this should not be as funny as it is. Way, yeah, yeah. But uh, this year we're doing the summer of yo, where we are trying, trying to count all of the yos in the Rocky franchise, which is harder than I thought. It is difficult to understand what people are saying sometimes. Yes, but I got and numbers. Also, and also, I find myself. Uh, getting into the movie 
and forgetting to count the yo's. Yes. So that was difficult. Uh, but I, and sometimes be- it's like, oh, was that a yo? Exactly. I'm not sure if that was a hardest- yo. Well, technically, yeah. that was a yo yo. Fuck it, I'm counting it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I got really into Rocky too, and I didn't count that many. Rocky one had a lot. Rocky two didn't have that many, but we'll get to that in the back half of the podcast. Yes. And speaking of bottoming, uh, we've got a uh, the Pope on Film Facebook group. We post a lot of in articles, and it's really funny. I am serious about making a Turkish Recep Evadik. Because if Turkish, if the Turkish country is just going to take our movies, our yes. American movies, and redo them in a crappy way, then we should make American Recep Evadik. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It would be Hello, I am an American known as Recep Ivadik, and I'm going to get into wacky adventures, and then we play some music from Game of Thrones or something. Yeah. Splice in the boulder scene from Indiana Jones for no reason. Uh, Recep Ivadik is a, a Turkish uh, comedy movie franchise that we almost watched for our summer of bottoming, but didn't, but found that... Uh, we have a lot of Turkish fans who like it when we mention yeah. Recep Ivadik. But but I am thinking now, all of a sudden, and as the drugs are starting to creep in, uh, me too. I, I I think you may be too late on that idea because, like, isn't that the machine? Isn't that uh, exactly what? what the fuck that, that is? is? Kind of. That, that is, is Recep Ivadik. I'm not sure what that movie is about. It's a bit confusing to me. Uh, it's about an out of shape guy who thinks he's tough, I think. Something like that. Yeah. And it's a comedy, but we're supposed to laugh at that. Well, it's starring Burt Kirshner, and uh, the movie Old School is based on him. Really? Yeah. He was like this insane legend in college, and he was like this. He would would drink everybody under the table and he would party. And so they decided to make a movie about him and, and, and they made the movie. Or was it Van Wilder? Anyway, some famous movie was based on him, but they changed it just enough so that they never have to pay Burt Kirshner. So I'm happy that he's starring in this movie. I, I won't see it, but I'm happy <laughs> he's starring in the movie. Good for him. He deserves some of that dollars, you know? And, and uh, since we're and- on, since we're on that kind of vein, I don't know if I've said this out loud on the show, and I, I did say it to Jeannie once, and she was kind of surprised. But I'm looking forward to the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie looks fucking wonderful. It looks stupid. It looks it dumb, looks, it and looks I'm going stupid. to see it at least three times in theaters. It look. It definitely looks stupid. But it also, in everything going on in movies right now, whether it's comic book movies, or it looks fresh, is what it yeah. looks. It looks like, okay, looks here's something they were, that we're not seeing all the fucking time. Yeah, I'm down with that. 
I'm I, I I'm excited to see it. I'm absolutely excited and, to see it. And it's got good people behind it. Not that that's a fucking guarantee it. of anything, but at least it's got a shot of being a good movie. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. It's one of my it's one of the big things that, that I've been looking forward to this summer. I, I, anywho, I don't I don't know what I want out of this movie. Like like I have no I really have no concept of what you're really gonna do with Barbie. Okay. But what I know is that I would really want to put it on the DVD shelf next to Barb and Star. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I would, other than I would that, like I to have no it, expectation, but... I would like to put Barbie right next to Inception. Yeah, Inception. Inception, Barbie. Or like Matrix, somewhere in the Matrix movies. I'm excited for this film. It's going to be good. Yeah. Anywho, welcome to the monologue. Now shorter, diet monologue as it were. And now in the monologue, I pick one news story to discuss for a little bit. I was going to talk about how orca whales are unionizing together to sink boats in the ocean, which is freaking awesome. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, hashtag orca. I'm team orca. In yeah. this situation. Uh, but but instead, I want to talk a little bit about legal matters, the law, the man. Okay. Because I uncovered a story from 2019 that I am deeply passionate about. Uh, ben? I, I, I want to... Ben Schneiber. Ben Schneiber, Iowa. Okay, I found it. Good, 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 good. Okay, so this is a story that I found from 2019 that sort of blew my mind and I'm deeply passionate about this. So, uh, there's an inmate in Iowa Penitentiary. His name is Ben Schreiber. He was convicted in 1997 of beating a man to death. And okay, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. We're not saying that. It is a bad crime that he did, and he should be in jail. Okay, well... um. He's been in jail since then, and he's older, and he's he's gotten sick, and uh, you know he's got health problems. Let's just say it, it doesn't matter what. But he was taken out of uh, Iowa Penitentiary and taken to an emergency room, and while he was there, uh, he had these kidney stones. He had kidney stones that triggered septic poisoning and he was found unconscious in his uh, uh, cell and he was taken to the uh, emergency room in March 2015 and his heart stopped five times. Okay. 
in the last time they thought he was going to uh, really die, uh, but they shot him with some what adrenaline. They did the shocky shocky clears, you yeah. know, the shocky shocky clears, and that was an awesome song. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a big fan. I I think that was the Kinks. Uh, so they did the shocky shocky clears, and then he came back to life. And so the Iowa penitentiary said, oh, good, he's back to life. Here, go back in your cell. But Ben Schreiber said, uh, no, you have to free me. I'm serving a life sentence, and I died. Oh. Set me free. I am done. With my life sentence, and so of course, oh, and of course the prison I, and the guards—they're like, "Fuck no, we're gonna keep you in here." And he he went to court and he was denied and he appealed. It went all the way to the Iowa Supreme Court, and the Iowa Supreme Court said, "Look, Mister Schreiber, if you're alive, you're in jail. If you're dead, I'm not." talking to you right now. So, go back to jail. But I've gotta say, you gotta give him this one. I know, I, 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 I've got to agree. I've totally got to agree. I mean, this is obviously a loophole that no one has ever thought of before. Kudos to you for figuring out the loophole. Let him go. And then Put that in the law so that it doesn't happen again. Well, you, I think you should should let the man go. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The man died. That is the end of your life sentence. I 100% agree with this man. Yes, he beat someone. Un, un, yes, unless, unless it's one of those cases where you have consecutive life life sentences, but you still get one marked off. Yes, exactly. He died, and and here's the thing: his heart stopped five times. So if he has five life sentences, boom, he's out. Yeah. You know, if he has six life sentences, ah, dropped, just under the wire. But yeah. I think you need to give him this one. And I'm. Very passionate about this. I'm surprisingly passionate about this. You <laughs> should let this man go. He died. You yeah. know? It's just, it, it, I got to give it to him. Any, oh, and it, it he also. He fulfilled his sentence. Yeah. And also, so that's our story for the monologue this week. Also. <clears throat> I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm a performer at Pride, baby! Yes, you are. So, this is how it happened. Uh, I was at home, and it was late at night, and I was a little bit high, and I was going through Facebook, and someone posted that they're having open auditions to uh, be a part of Oklahoma City's big Pride Festival that happens in Scissor Tail Park in downtown Oklahoma City. 
you know, and, and I said, oh, man, I'd love to audition. But what what would I audition with? You know, I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer. I'm not burlesque. I'm not a drag queen. I can't lip sync to anything. I mean, what would I even do? Uh, a story time? Huh. Well, fuck it. I'm going to uh, fill out these uh, submission forms and applications now while I'm high, because if I'm not high, I might chicken <laughs> out. So I'm going to do this while I'm while I'm high so I can't take it back when I'm sober. And, and so I got an audition, and I was nervous as hell, but I did it, and I'm like, man, I did it. Great. All right, let's go home. It, I didn't expect to be chosen, but I was. And then the surprising part was that I, when I saw that I was chosen and it says you'll be performing from 1 to 1.30 at the Love's Travel Stop stage. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to be on the stage. But then I have a rap artist friend. His name is Zan the Artist. X-A-N, the artist, all one word. He's on Spotify. He has a song called Euphoric, which is, oh, I fucking love it. But uh, he got chosen as well. A trans, young trans rap artist. His music is amazing. You should absolutely check him out. And Zan, the artist, got chosen too. And I was like, oh, cool. We're both going to be performing at Pride. But his says that he'll be performing on the pride stage. And it's and so then I thought yeah. to myself, oh, well, I'm not like a musical artist. I'm not like a singer or yeah. a band. This is so, so he's probably performing on the main stage and they probably have me on some secondary stage off in the corner over by, I don't know, the, the Dunkin' Donuts booth. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts supports Pride until uh, angry white people threaten to blow up our store, in which case, fuck you, gays. But until then, we love gays. Yeah. So I'm, oh, I'm so weird. They probably tuck me off to the side. But then I found an article about Pride Month in Oklahoma, and uh, the, the people who do the Pride Fest at the end of the month in Oklahoma City they said, our theme this year is uh, uh, queer pride, uh, the reckoning something too fast, too furious. I don't know. But um, this year we will be focusing on trans stories by trans artists with a specific focus of helping trans people find their voice and find allyship in the community and uh, adversity and unity blah 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 and when I went to audition here's a dance troupe and here's a dancer and here's a singer and here's a guitarist and here's a singer and here's a dancer and here's a burlesque performer here's a drag queen here's another drag queen then I'm talking for like eight minutes and I'm like well at least I'll be different I'm the only person who was just talking and apparently that's what sealed the deal because I was a trans person with a story and my story was my transition. And so I'm on the main freaking stage. Congratulations. Uh, there's going to be like a hundred people there. 
hundreds of people there, maybe thousands of people because the parade is happening that day and it's happening at 11 and the parade will be ending right there at the stage when I will be going off. So there yeah. could be thousands of people there. And I'm trying not to think about it. One thing that you have said to me repeatedly, Bunny, and my wife said to me repeatedly, is that I get nervous and I get scared and I freak the fuck out and I have a hard time sleeping and a hard time eating. But when I am on the stage, I just turn on. Yeah. And I'm hoping it happens again, but on a much bigger scale. And I'm nervous well, as hell, but well, I'm going to so, do this. So maybe just, I mean, you got time. You know, so like, yeah, I got time. Be nervous for a while. Maybe you get yeah. that out of your system. I will. Don't I gotta be nervous say, the buddy, whole time, but like, maybe take some time to be nervous. Maybe that's I gotta something say, that you buddy, need to feel for doing the Rocky reason. movies helps. Yeah, because I do one hundred percent feel like tying it all together in a nice little bow. I do feel like. Freaking Rocky Balboa in that first movie where it's like, I'm a nobody living in a small town. There was just a <laughs> deadly shooting next door. I am super broke. Nobody knows who I am. And I get this accidental one in a million shot. Yeah. And 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 here I go. I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to run upstairs, but I'm going to go for it. <laughs> Maybe to some Bill Conti music. Yeah. <clears throat> So, uh, the uh, there you go. You know, be performing at Pride. Cook the eggs. Yeah, yeah. No, no way. I, uh, yeah. Ah. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, I might catch a chicken, though. Yeah. I might catch a chicken. I know, I know a guy who has some chickens, yeah. so I might do that. Keep myself speedy. I'd be down with playing with some turtles. Yeah, you know, right? Sylvester Stallone allegedly still has the turtles from this movie, but we'll get to that. Uh, so that's it for my half of the monologue. Before we wrap it up, I'm tossing it over to you, Bunny. You wanted to mention something to to rant? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just some shit that's been going on that's like just made me annoyed want to get it off my chest uh i don't know if you know about this at all but uh you know the youtube show young turks yeah okay so chenk uger anna kasparian young turks uh yeah youtube show has now several shows in its network and the ten minute do I can I do this in ten minutes? I don't know. It's a ten minute warning. Get out of here. Uh that threw me off. So I've been watching yeah. them and they've really been they've really been uh they've been the progressive voice on YouTube. Uh yeah. Biggest supporters of Bernie Sanders, all of that. I've I've been watching them for at least God, I don't know, before Trump became president. Okay. You know, <clears throat> however long that is. 
I don't feel like doing the math. Uh, and and have been strong, strong, strong supporters of the trans community in their reporting. And it is very true that they have done hundreds and hundreds of transported videos in their time. So it was very surprising when all of a sudden Anna Kasparian tweets out, I am a woman. Please don't ever refer to me as a person with a uterus, birthing person, or person who menstruates. How do people not realize how degrading this is? You can support the transgender community without doing this shit. Fuck you. Where the hell is that coming from? Exactly. Like, what the fuck happened there? I, that pisses me off. I never, I never listened so it's to the young. Like, it's I, I never saw like, the Young Turks ever. So it's kind of like if Jesus suddenly said, "Well, you know what? Fuck the Jews." You that know, I mean, so, like that is so. What the fuck up. is that? Of all, of all the people to to go full to go full Rowling, I never expected a popular liberal group like the Young Turks to do that. This is a classic heel turn. Yeah, right? Yeah. This and is like when Stone Cold aligned with Mr. McMahon. Yeah. Like, like, I am angry, but I'm also feeling like really fucking heartbroken. You know? Yeah. Like, this is a surprise. Huh. You know, like, I don't know, like, maybe Bernie Sanders saying, I really am in it for the money. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, like you, like, you would be fucking shocked at something like that. And I find this yeah. completely shocking. But, like, it doesn't quite stop here. And I'm jumping over, uh, I'm jumping around a little bit. Like, I'm not telling a story here. Yeah. I am venting. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like if suddenly you heard that, um, uh, Bernie Sanders was had all these sexual abuse claims. Yeah, I am once again asking you to suck it. <laughs> Do you like that? Uh. I thought that was cute. <coughs> Hey, but then they then they both Chink gets in and then they both wind up starting to double down on the initial statement. Like okay. like they have drawn some kind of weird ass line that this is a hill they want to die on. Like what, what the, the fuck? hell? <clears throat> so anyway, I don't know if you could see the screen. No, I'm I'm reading it right now. Don't start a fight and then cry when I fight back. What the hell? 
what the hell? Yeah. This is so... I I think that it's because... Uh, I think this is all Trump's doing. That, you know, the American people hate Trump, but the media knows he's good for business. Yeah. So... I feel that between now and the election, you're going to see a lot more CNN town hall with Trump. Hey, maybe Trump would be better than DeSantis. Hey, maybe woke ideologies are going too far. You're going to see a few. I think you're going to see a few more leftists uh, try and cash in on Trump money while they can. Yeah. But this is hurtful. Yeah. This is hurtful. Yeah. But on top of this, because now, like, I came late to this party mentally from when I stumbled onto it. I was just, like, watching the Young Turks, and I was like, I don't know, man. It's just sort of seeming like more and more. <clears throat> they were doing more stories that were attacking the audience. You know? Hmm. And this was just yeah. the feeling I had, and, like, I just watch the show. I don't like follow. I don't follow them or anything. I might follow the Young Turks itself on Facebook. I don't know, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, How do you pronounce Thanks' full name? Shank Uger. Okay, he was my favorite Ravager <laughs> in the Guardians movies. Yeah. Which also. Who's the head of the Ravagers? Rocky Balboa. It all ties together. Yeah. Circle of life. Yeah. So, uh... So, it was just a feeling I had, but it got enough where I decided, like, is anybody else noticing this, or is this just me? You know? And, yeah, uh, no, this is, this is effed up. I haven't heard anybody talk about this. No? The young Turks <clears throat> went... Full on, went full right with their trans ideology. It's and a that's difficult where, time to be me. Yeah, and that's I'm really where, a time saver, especially here in Oklahoma, because it's like, oh man, I'm really busy. I need to hate leftists, and I need to hate Mexicans, and I need to hate trans people. I'm a time saver for bigots. <laughs> I hate your kind. Okay, which kind? Because I'm a bunch of different kinds. I'm a woman married to a woman. I've got a trans son. I've got, I'm Hispanic. Like, what thing are you hating me for? Yeah. I hate your kind. And it's like, I understand why you hate me. Phoenix sucks. That's where my people are from. Is that what you're talking about? People from Phoenix who spent too much time in Metro Center Mall? But yeah, I'm a, I'm a real bigot time saver. Yeah. It's a difficult time to be trans right now. It sucks. Yeah. When I realized that I was trans in summer of 2021, I was excited for 10 minutes and was deeply depressed for two hours. Yeah. And it's like, fuck. Damn it. Why now? But there you go. Yeah. Still alive. So, so when I went to find out, that's when I came across this. 
And in coming across this, I found out that a lot of other people that I also watch on YouTube, like you got the things that you subscribe to, and then you got yeah. the stuff that you pop that pop up in your recommendations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah. for some reason, some people don't make it out of your recommendations, but you always watch them when they pop up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So there are a few people like those, and I had found out that they had all made a statement about what they thought about the tweet, along with trying to discuss it with them online. Okay? Like, this is one person, I don't know who it is, you know, trying to explain it to Cenk Uger. And that's what he comes back with. And from what what I've seen, nobody was doing that. Nobody was doing that. But here's closer to what did happen, which is pointed out more in... ah, Uh... I can't do that, dude. Tag me in. Tag me back in. You're in. As far as dead air goes, that wasn't that long. <laughs> that was impressive. We're getting better with that. No, I am. I am way too high to try to talk through this and perform that <laughs> maneuver. Yeah. Yeah, I took my edible uh, uh, exactly two hours ago. So yeah, no, it's totally yeah. good. So there's what Chink says here and what gets broken down in Anna's tweet over here. Okay. Because a, a lot of these podcasters get together and they do a show, like a Zoom meeting show together called The Leftist Mafia. Yeah. And it just kind of... They're just doing a podcast. They're talking shit, you know? 
they're bringing up different things, whatever. But it came up on that show. And apparently, Anna got bent all out of shape about it. Because it, I see it was, that. they were trying to clarify what they were trying to tell her in tweets. Yeah. And why this is not good. And how she also knew it in a video she herself did not too long ago. Uh, of course. <clears throat> I don't... I don't, I don't get it. Like, my existence as a woman, as a trans woman, doesn't mean that, like, hey, you, biological woman, you're not allowed to be a fucking woman anymore because I exist. Like, I don't cancel out someone. This isn't the negative zone. Yeah. You know? It, I'm so confused. I exist. It, that was the problem that I had when, you know, I was doing story times for a nonprofit. And then I started transitioning. And immediately after that, I was let go due to budget issues. And uh, that upset me. But, like, I understand parents saying, oh, well, I don't want a uh, drag queen reading to my kids. And it's like, not a drag queen. Woman. I wouldn't mind if a drag queen read to my kids, but I'm a woman, not a drag queen. So, there yeah. you go. Okay. So, it's really upsetting to see people just pop up and just say, hey, I'm a liberal, and I am a feminist, and I am a strong supporter of women's rights, but fuck trans people, and this is the hill I'm gonna die on. Well, but 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 no, not quite because like trans people were always included in that. Yeah. Until seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh well, real talk. Like like let's get real. My uh father-in-law is uh gay married to a lovely man and it took a long time for him to start calling me may lynn he was dead naming me for a long time yeah he was dead naming mal for a long time and he just seemed to be one of those people where it's like um i am straight and I am religious, and I am a conservative, and uh, okay, fine, I'll come out of the closet, I'm gay. But I'm still religious and conservative. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so when it came to being trans, there's a lot of gay people that... There's a surprising amount of gay people out there that hate trans people. Yeah. There's a movement, LGB without the T, where it's like, even, like, like it's difficult... To be trans because even there are even gay people out there that hate trans people yeah it's difficult mal has entered the chat hey there can't hear you get closer speak louder 
said gay people often do not want to draw more attention to themselves. If you're trans, I mean, come on, guys. Like, really? You're gonna you're gonna bring that like hatred towards us? Like it's it's just an internalized bunch of fucking bullshit. Like, okay, cool. You wanna be this? You can't fucking do that. They're gonna hate you. So therefore you can't you can't do that. We've already gotten enough flack from these straight people. They're gonna give us more flack now. Yeah. Like good going guys. Yeah. It's usually some dumb shit like that. Yeah. Thank you for helping me out. Tag. <laughs> but this has been a rousing discussion on trans issues, buddy. Thank you for this. Yeah. And, and I feel and, important. But anyway, so I watched this show that she was talking about and everybody was kind of like tiptoeing the issues. And it was like, well, you know, Anna's, you know, she did this and she did this. And I appreciate that, but that doesn't mean you'd get to do this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And everybody was kind of tiptoeing and tiptoeing around it and coddling her about it and just saying, well, well, we're just trying to say that, you know, like, maybe we should just be more like, you know, like inclusive, you know, just like, oh, come on. (laughs) And I really appreciated when Ole cut through a lot of the fucking shit and like, you know, we're spending so much time coddling her feelings when we should be addressing what the issue is. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 it just doubles down on the problem. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not su- it's not surprising to see a rich white cishet woman who considers herself liberal suddenly deciding to hate trans people. Hooray! Happy almost Pride Month. Yeah. And it hasn't just been around this issue. It's been like coming out in different kinds of things. Like, you know, she she was reporting that. Do you remember the bicycle incidents? Like, just this kind of like past or so week? When? What? The bicycle incident? No. Yeah, there was these guys who who were uh, touring the city on rental bicycles. And I'm not going to have all the details exactly right. And they had brought them back to one of the stations to rest. But they still had the bicycles. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the... That Karen lady with the scooters. Yeah. She came back trying to say that the Karen lady actually paid for the scooters. And no, she did not. So it's like, okay, really? We're going to go for defending Karen ladies now? Yeah. Are we being too hard on the Karen ladies? Don't touch that, Eleanor. Okay? Okay. You just gave the podcast an earthquake. We're good. Eleanor's Godzilla today. Yeah. 
Okay, we good. You know, so but yeah, that was upsetting. Yeah. So but it's like then, even if she was in the right, she went about it the wrong way. Yeah. I'm not seeing why how, why exactly she's in the she's in the right. I don't know. I, I she was just really condescending towards the young black gentleman. Yeah. And it's like if you are right, then explain it without just grabbing and yelling, as is your uh apparent right as a white woman. Yeah. And then there was this uh Bit with Emma Vig- Emma Viglin, who's a uh, really really pretty like in there because like she's on a different show, but she started on the Young Turks. Yeah, you know, and I just brought this up for the for the issue of being pure. You know, like that's kind of the defense that they've been using when people have criticized them over this that they're being they're being oh oh you're so pure and i find that i find that telling in itself okay because yeah. and you know this is what keeps bothering me about it <clears throat> oh. Because that is a weird point of view, okay? Yeah. Right-wingers are calling for the, I forget if it's the extermination or the elimination of trans people. The extermination of trans people. Pastors are preaching that we should be shot in the back of the head. Yep. It is very dangerous. It's very strange that it's about purity for you when it's existential for the rest of us. Yeah. Like, my being, my (laughs) gender and what I have between my legs affects no one but my wife i said uh my gender or what is in between my legs affects no one but my wife thank you but what's between my legs i think we can both agree is pretty decent you know so so i just brought that up as the purity issue this was an example of, of where that was part of the back and forth. Again, it's not, like not a history. It's just points I really wanted to address. Like, it's not about purity. It's, it's about they're calling for our extinction. And I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, maybe I shouldn't use our, but they're going to have to go through me. You know? That, so that's, it's our. That's, that's what I like to... I, I'm 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 happy to hear that, Bunny, because when I realized I was trans, I was excited for about ten minutes, and then I was depressed for about two hours because it's like, hey, I'm trans, I'm trans. Oh my goodness, I'm a woman. I've I've been a trans woman this whole time, and I didn't realize it. I'm trans. This is amazing. Oh shit, people want me dead now. I I 
Yeah, but now there's even more reasons. So one of the things that I realized when I was trans was, oh, shit, I wasn't an ally at all to trans people. I, I didn't care about trans rights. And now here I am trans and I'm going to ask my straight friends, hey, be an ally when I know for a fact that I wasn't an ally before I realized I was trans. And I felt bad about that. But it is surprising to, number one, have so many people, and a lot of them Christian, to have them want me dead, and yet to also see so many friends and family members who aren't saying anything and yeah. who aren't doing anything. And so it's nice to hear you say, hey, if they want to kill all trans people, they got to go through bunny. That's an ally. And now we can officially say the Pope on Film podcast, more liberal than the Young Turks. <laughs> yes. Hooray. That's our new tagline. All right. Boom. All right. But, you know, so I just brought this one out for uh, the purity issue. And the last yeah. one I got here. If you think uh, our hundreds of videos, which I've mentioned many times already, defending trans rights aren't enough, and much, probably much more aggressively and loudly than anyone else in media, and that's that slight difference of opinion around the edges mean we should be disowned. Have it, have added Hoss. Still love you though. Unless you're like, trans. Wow, this is okay. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Like, so, so you don't even get the problem exactly here. Okay. So, like, what's the math all right every thousand videos you get to punch us in the face yeah <clears throat> this is right up there and with what's the name of that to... what's the name of that reporter that's like oh we apologize if you were upset about our town hall at cnn but also you suck and you're the problem yeah yeah, that's what this reeks of. Yeah. So that's about it. Like, you know what? Every 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 ten videos, do you get to slap us? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Well, what's the fucking rate here? No. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like everywhere else. <clears throat> if a dog bites you it's hard to ever trust that dog again. Yeah. If somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Sorry. And, and the Young Turks are showing us who they are. Doubling down doesn't help that. Oh, and it's fucking heartbreaking because it's like, it's like, fuck, where did this all come from? Yeah. You know? But anyway. That's sad. 
That is it. Uh, geez, Sorry that you we... lost your Turks. Yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to bring that out. I wanted hmm. to just have my... I wanted to get it off my chest. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, or it's just in my head. And another thing. I'm like, no. Let's just say it out loud. <laughs> and hopefully just be done with it. You know what I mean? Bunny, are you left-handed? No. Okay, good. Because that means you're not a southpaw. I can't do a podcast with a southpaw. Yeah. Throws my whole game up. I think that southpaw should be illegal in podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Where where, where the hell should we go from here? Hap! Go historic approximations. Go straight to historical. All right. Sure. So cut on our monologue. That was a very rousing discussion, and I loved that. So now let's move on to our uh, educational segment. Buddy, play my intro. Hat. Not that long. And we're back with the hap. I love that. I love that intro. I love that intro. I'm getting better at editing. That's gold, pony boy. Oh, I hope I remember yes! it for next week now. Hmm? I hope I remember it for next week now. Yeah. Uh, yes, my friends, it is time once again for our educational segment of the show, because if you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. Hey, everybody. Everybody's a fan of this podcast, even the ones that have never heard of our show. But only the real fans, the true hardcore fans who have been with us since day one, would know uh, the two main facts about the both of us. Two absolutely really real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us, America's hottest will they or won't they couple, Bunny and Mei Lin. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that you are, and this is true, you are a pioneer in the new science called autotransulthopia. Now tell us, Bunny, what exactly is the science of autotransulthopia? Uh, well, it's it's it, it's an honorary doctorate um, from a fan based horror university uh and i study the around the foundations of dracula's castle there is mold and mildew i do the mildew nice so you know it's kind of nice fancy name but that's what it comes down to you know it's it's a horror university that gives you the honorary doctorate. The name of the university is the University of... <laughs> so, it's a, it's a good university. It's a good school, yeah. if you can get in. Yeah. It's a good school. 
I've been yelling like that randomly when I'm driving the kids somewhere. I'm not <laughs> sure why, but I'm just driving, and it's like, oh man, this, we're gonna have so much fun going to Jaden's and swimming. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I've just been. I've, I've been excited. I've been excited. Yeah. I'm performing again. I've been excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second fact, which is about me, is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So this is the part of the podcast where I get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know that well, and sort of reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of historic approximations, or as we like to call it, <laughs> now give me some dramatic music, honey. Dun, 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 dun. And to be clear, cap is spelled capital H, capital A, small p. That small p is the centerpiece of the entire podcast, the entire bit, the entire yeah. show. We love p here on the show. We love p. <laughs> at the Pulp on Film Podcast. Uh, anyways, um, this long running segment should mention this. This long running segment used to be called Steve's Historic Approximations. Or SHAP, as I liked to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wanted me to or not. But a dead name is dead for a reason, and so we are moving on. So, what is happening on HAP this week? I am so excited. This is not a long SHAP. This is a short SHAP. But this is one that I think that a lot of people don't know, and I am shocked by this. This is, this week, we will be discussing the 100% absolutely true story of how America's first superhero, first ever superhero, directly led to the highest grossing animated movie of all time. Okay. I really should have done this, Shab, uh, in our last episode where we actually discussed the highest grossing animated movie of all time. Yeah. But, uh, Peaches, 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 peaches. But um, this is a fascinating story. A fascinating story featuring people that that everybody knows, but that pe people do not know this story. I am shocked by this. So here's the story. The year is 1980. Okay. And there, there's a small-time company in Japan called, uh, uh, what are they called? Nintendo. Nin. Nintendo. Okay. Nintendo. And Nintendo is wanting to get in to the arcade video game market, which was currently ruled by what game, Bunny? When Nintendo came out? No, uh, it, it, the year is 1980, and Nintendo wants to dominate the video game market, but in the year 1980, one game reigns supreme, and that game is... I'm going to guess we're going with Donkey Kong? No, Pac-Man! Oh, Pac-Man, okay. Pac-Man fever! Oh, yeah. Swept the nation. Millions dead. We, the CDC we went, we went was like, wear so masks when you go into the time. arcade. It was difficult. So many people got Pac-Man fever that the CDC 
said that you have to be six feet apart from the arcade machine while you're playing it. <laughs> you try being six feet away from a video game while playing it, it's difficult. Yeah. It's hard. You're using sticks of bamboo. Gee, thought Nintendo. Uh, how can we dethrone Pac-Man? Uh, so Nintendo's president, Hiroshi Yamauchi, gave Project, I don't know, dethrone the Pac to a noob. He's like, okay, this is going to be difficult. What if it fails? I don't want to give this to our best guy. Because if it fails, then their career is destroyed. So you know what? When it comes to creating a video game to destroy Pac-Man, we're going to give it to some somebody who's green, wet behind the ears, a noob, a newbie, the new kid, never designed a video game in his life, brand new employee. Uh, hey, what's your name? Oh, my name is Shigeru Miyamoto. Hey, Shigeru. Stiggy. <laughs> which is probably what his friends called him. Hey, Shiggy. Come here. Come here. Come here. Uh, you, you never created a video game in your life. But you, you've you somehow made it to the big time, kid. <laughs> Don't be a bum! <laughs> I'm working on Pac-Man. My eyes don't work. You gotta cut me. You gotta cut me. <laughs> in between watching Rocky and watching Rocky 2, my wife comes up to me and she's like, so, honey, how are you liking the movies? And I'm like, Hey, yo, Natasha! How about after this, we go to the zoo, huh? And, and she hates it. <laughs> she hates it. But I really just want to be doing a Rocky voice 24-7. So, hey, Shiggy, come here. You hit the big time. Uh, make a video game to beat Pac-Man. <laughs> that should be easy for you. Ha! A loser, huh? Can you believe it? Shigeru Miyamoto making a popular game? Yeah, right. In your dreams. That's that's uh, uh from Ed Wood. I'll get you next week. Yeah, right. In your dreams. I like when the movie shoot. Uh, so our boy Shiggy is thinking. Okay, she Willikers, my first game. Oh, okay then. How can I beat Pac-Man? How can I do this? So he's thinking, and he's like, okay. Uh, kids primarily play arcade games. I should think like a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, okay. And suddenly he has an idea. Because when he was a kid, he loved a hero. A superhero. So this is what we'll do. I can make a game about this hero. We'll buy the rights. I'll make a game around it. So, Bonnie, I've got a few questions for you. Quiz time! Pop quiz! quiz. Okay. What super... What super did Shiggy and Nintendo want to buy the rights to? Do, 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 do. Would that be Donkey Kong? I don't know. Is Donkey Kong a superhero, buddy? Oh, a superhero. What superhero 
did Shiggy and Miyamoto want to buy the rights to to make a video game? This is a difficult one. Yeah, I think I've heard it, though. I don't remember. I think I've heard it, okay. though. Okay. They wanted to buy the rights to... Friggin' Popeye! Yes! Oftentimes considered... Oftentimes considered to be the first ever superhero. Popeye's creation beat the creation of Superman by almost a decade. Yeah. Ten minute warning. And so, yeah, I guess he's a super. Okay. I guess technically he's a superhero. You know, he's a normal guy with a speech impediment, possibly due to having a stroke. And uh, he gets powers and beats up bad guys, or usually the same two bad guys over and over again. Um, a few more questions, Bunny. How does Popeye get his power? This is an easy one. Spinach. Hard, easy, hard. Yes, yes. Spinach. Popeye eats spinach. Popeye gets stronger. But Popeye was introduced in 1929, but he didn't get his power from spinach until 1931. Question. Before spinach, how did Popeye get his strength? If you can get this, you win the biggest no prize in the world. This is a hard one. I am shocked by this. Shocked. Uh, I'm going to take a guess and say oil. Oil? Oil. Well, yeah. By going down on olive oil. Wow, a bold <laughs> well, choice. That is one way. Uh, this is true. I looked this up, and I looked it up again, and I looked it up again, again, and I looked it up again, again, again. This is absolutely true. Before Popeye gained his power from spinach, he got his power from rubbing the head of Bernice the Wiffle Hen. Well, how about More that? Silence speaks volumes, buddy. Why didn't they put that in the Robin Williams movie? <laughs> it's like, eh, I'm Popeye. I get my power from Robin a cock. <laughs> but that's true. That is 100% true. So our boy Shiggy grew up loving Popeye. Absolutely loving Popeye. The first superhero. So uh, he sets to work making a big Popeye video game. I think I could finish it before this seven minutes and 15 seconds are up. Okay. okay. He sets to work making a big time Popeye video game. He's watching a bunch of old Popeye cartoons. Some color ones, some black and white ones, some ones from the 60s, the 50s, the 40s. He's watching a bunch of them. He stumbles upon a really old black and white cartoon. It's from 1934, and it's called A Dream Walking. And in it, Olive Oil falls asleep and starts to sleepwalk. 
and she sleepwalks out of her apartment and is walking uh, through the, the, the top buildings and on the tops of buildings and through construction sites. And both Popeye and Bluto say, I'm going to rescue her. I'm going to wake her up and save her. So they're fighting each other to try and wake up Olive Oil. Meanwhile, she's still walking all over the place, all these dangerous things on top of a building. Next thing you know, she's walking up the scaffolding of a construction site. This is going to sound familiar soon. And so Shiggy's like, hey, this is a great cartoon. What a great setting for a video game. Okay, so here it is. Bluto is the bad guy, of course. He's Popeye's bad guy. He's big. He's giant. He's ape-like. So uh, he's an, a big, giant, ape-like man. He'll be... He, he kidnaps Olive in his big, meaty, ape-like arms and has her on the top of a construction site, just like this one cartoon. And so uh, Bluto's on top of a construction site. He's got olive oil, and of course, you're the hero. You're Popeye. You gotta save her. You gotta go up the construction site. But what's Bluto doing? He's gotta. He's gonna be throwing things like I don't know, wrenches, penises, poop. Thank you, Eleanor. Good one. Uh, poop. Cats. Uh, barrels. I don't know. Bears. Bulls. Testicles. And uh, there you go. Boom. There's a game for you. Sound familiar, Bunny? Yes, it does. That sounds our, very familiar. Our <laughs> boy Shiggy created the perfect video game. But there was a problem, and the problem was King Feature Syndicates did not give Nintendo the rights to Popeye. So our boy Shiggy is all like, damn it. I wanted to make a Popeye video game, but they won't give us the rights. Well, fuck it. We'll fictionalize it. Yeah. It's not Christine Jorgensen. It's Glenn or Glenda. So, uh, fuck it. We'll turn Bluto into, I don't know, an ape, big ape, a King Kong, but not King Kong because of rights. And uh, we'll make Popeye into, I don't know, um, hop guy. Jump person jump man fine whatever and because nintendo could not get the rights to popeye we got donkey kong starring a character named jump man who would later become frigging mario so when you watch the animated super mario brothers movie now the highest grossing animated movie of all time say a quick thank you to poop deck Pappy's baby boy. <laughs> Popeye the friggin' sailor man. Because if it wasn't for Popeye, we would not have Mario. We would not have Luigi. We would not have Jack Black singing peaches, 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 peaches. Popeye gave birth to Mario. <laughs> Drops Mike Toad 2. Toad 2. Toto too. But this is a true story. People don't know this. This is not a widely known story. Eventually, King Features would go, damn it, look at how good this Donkey Kong game is selling. I think we kind of fucked up. Get Miyamoto on the phone, and Miyamoto said, oh, now you want me to make a Popeye video game? Well, guess what? I absolutely will. I love Popeye. So they created a arcade game called Popeye 
Yeah. I loved it as a kid, and I found a website uh, that has an emulator built into the site. And if you have a quick computer, it doesn't take that long for games to load up. It's called ArcadeSpot.com, and they've got a pretty accurate recreation of the original Popeye game. I've been playing it for like the last week, and I love it. It's a yeah. great game, but it's no Donkey Kong. Yeah. But that is our hap this week. Popeye gave birth to freaking Mario and Luigi. Boom. Popeye's awesome. Okay. I am what I am. Popeye. I listen to that song from the Popeye movie so often. Yeah. Uh, what I am, what I am, what I am, and that's and, and what I am, and that's all that I am, because I am what I am. Uh, you got it? I think so, yeah. <laughs> love that. Love that song, and I love this hat. Next time you play a Mario game, next time you get on Nintendo, period. Next time you watch the Mario movie, or even the weird one with uh, Leguizamo, ah, you can... Who yeah. can have a piece of this anytime? <laughs> I love um, I love John Mike Lazama. Yeah. Oh, he was great in the menu. Okay. Uh, but that is it for historic approximations. This week, be sure and join us next time for more educationally uneducational fun with and cut on that. Party! Yes. It's time to get our box on. How? Yeah. I keep forgetting I'm wearing a wedding ring. That hurt like a son of a bitch. Um, it's time for us to talk about the first two Rocky movies, Rocky One and Rocky Two. Uh, the reason why we're doing the both of them together, I want to focus hard on three and four, or as I call them, yeah. perfect fucking movies. Oh my god. They are so bad. I love them. I'm going to see if before next week I can make uh, a slow motion video of me running on the beach. Yeah. In short shorts. Because I need that for, for the next episode. But this one, Rocky.
much would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh, baby, I
I'll show you the tool that's most important for our survival. A fair warning. It's my penis. You are about to witness a new dimension in entertainment. Peter Lemongello. Oh, I could have been a million things. Peter Lemongello. A mood rock experience called Love 76. Yes, Peter Lemongello has created a new kind of music that's both romantic and moving. Just listen. In this two-album package, Love 76, you'll experience all the warmth and tenderness living in the heart of Peter Lemongello, plus the excitement that is Peter Lemongello on stage. That's 586-7700. Or save COD charges and send $698 for records or $898 for 8-track tape to Love 76, Box R7, Gracie Station, New York, New York, 128. Say the secret void and you get to come back next week.
believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. Apollo Creed does. And he's gonna prove it to the whole world by giving an unknown a shot at the title. I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago, you never helped me. You didn't care. Well, if you wanted help. I say, if you wanted help, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask me, kid? Look, I asked, but you never heard nothing. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed. And if I can go that distance, seeing that bell rings and I'm still standing, I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. Guys leak. Wish me luck. I'm gonna need it. Good luck. Don't leave town. I can't see. I can't see nothing. Bunny, you're going to have to cut me. Cut me, All Bunny. Right. All right. This is going to hurt, kid. You're cut. There you go. Color change. And uh, actually, Eleanor, can I borrow your spoon? Because the color's a little bit off here. Big white spoon, and yeah, that is actually a little bit better. There you go. Hooray! I'm better. I've been cut. Okay. <laughs> it's time, Bunny! It is time. Yes, Bunny, my friend, who is more than brother to me, I embrace thee! Because it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually amble our way into the final half of our big shoe, and it is said final half 
wherein we finally, ineventually, get around to discussing our all-new, low-fat, high-fiber, zero-calories, high-fiber, non-GMO, extra-strength, so-much-fiber money. Like, for real. So much fiber. Like, once we start talking about the movie, you'll basically be a human version of the Golden Corral chocolate fountain. Yeah. That's how much fiber is in this. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've been shitting this whole time. Which is why we do not do Smell-O-Vision like some of those other podcasts out there. We do. The technology is out there. Yeah. Fun fact. My brother, my brother, and me sells smells like candlewood and cotton candy. The technology is out there. So anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, we were doing Rocky and Rocky Two. Okay, so uh, for those of you just joining us, where the hell were you <laughs> when I needed you? So every summer. We do a theme that we do throughout the summer. Quick roundup, summer of Star Wars, summer of Saw, summer of uh, Fasting and Furious. No, summer of Fred Willard, uh, rest in peace. The summer of Bottoming, where we did the bottom 100 worst movies of all time. Uh, I love Guy Ritchie's Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I love Guy Ritchie's uh, Snatch, and The Gentleman is a absolutely wonderful movie that I am obsessed with. Uh, uh, Cumberland Gap is a devil of a gap. White Widow Super Cheese. But uh, the movie he did with Madonna is the worst movie as far as I'm concerned of all time. Uh, Then we took a hiatus for personal reasons and Bunny said take as much time as you want and I said okay wait I just came up with our summer. And we did the summer of COVID exploitation. COVID exploitation, copyright 2002 on Dead Cow Studios in the Church of Ed Wood. And now our sixth summer, the summer of Yo, possibly one of the hardest challenges we have ever had for the podcast. I legit pulled up the script for Rocky Two. Yeah. I I I. There were a, I, as far as my notes. There were a bunch in Rocky, not as many in Rocky 2, but I'm not sure. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. This is hard. Yeah. This is very hard. Uh, Personally, I'm excited about this summer because real talk, I only ever saw the first five Rocky movies. Yeah. I never saw Rocky Balboa or Creed or Creed 2 or Creed 3. So I'm excited for the back half of this movie. I'm excited to see uh, Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan take the Rocky franchise and give it new life and give it a, a fresh perspective, a, a black perspective, and, and take it to new places. Yeah. And uh, I hate Five. I hated Five so bad that I just gave up on the Rocky series, period. Yeah. Uh, but when I was growing up, and Bunny, I think that you'll relate to this. We are of a certain age, a certain generation, a certain demographic where that Bill Conti Rocky music starts playing and you just want to 
hit a punching bag. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that music starts playing and it just pumps you up. My kids don't know who Rocky is. My kids don't know Yo Adrian. My kids don't know Patty Duke, Donna Reed. My kids don't know who Gilligan is. Yeah. My kids know that Fonzie is cool, but that's more of a Pulp Fiction reference than uh, it, no offense to Henry Winkler. He is a very yeah. nice man. Um, so, Rocky. Here are some fun facts about the movie Rocky. You know what the original working title of this film was, Bunny? What? Blue Harvest. And also, the lead character, Rocky Balboa, was originally going to be named Luke Starkiller. Oh. Interesting, right? And Chewbacca was based on the director's dog. Yeah. How neat is that? This movie has been discussed to death, and so I don't want to just go on IMDb and read selections from Rocky's trivia page, but I will say this. There is a bit of a controversy as to whether the turtles are still alive. Okay. Sylvester Stallone, as everyone knows, the star of Death Race 2000 and the leader of the Ravagers, he made a post where he said, hey, I've still got the turtles. Cuff yeah. and Link, here they are from the original movie Rocky, and they're still alive. He posted in 2019 his big, huge turtles that are still alive. And, and so that became like this meme, and oh my god, Sylvester Stallone still has the turtles. The turtles are still alive. So if you look up Sylvester Stallone's turtles or Rocky's turtles, you'll find that picture from Stallone's uh, Instagram page and him smiling and the turtles behind him. And it's all cute. Yada, yada, yada. But if you keep scrolling, you'll find the Snopes page where they're like, first off, these turtles only live uh, usually 40 years. Yeah. Number two, we have talked to people on set that weren't Sylvester Stallone that said, yeah, uh, he doesn't have the turtles. Yeah. So it's a bit confusing as to whether or not he officially does have them. So who knows? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I did not realize there was a, a turtle conspiracy going on. There is. Yeah. There is. There is a turtle conspiracy in regards to Rocky. Yeah. I honestly think that the first Rocky film, um, the score is incredible. I love that Bill Conti music, gonna fly now, running up the steps, montages, so many montages. Uh, it, it's a good film and I like it, but also I think that the popularity of Rocky and the Rocky franchise as a whole a lot of it rests on the fact that the making of the film was as much a rags-to-riches story as the plot of Rocky. Yes. Because Sylvester Stallone was a broke-ass palooka. Yeah. And he was trying to uh, shop this script around. He had $100 in the bank, and that was all the money he had. And he was thinking about getting rid of his dog because he couldn't afford to feed it. That dog is Bupkis in this movie. Uh -huh. In these movies. That was his dog that he couldn't afford to feed. 
So it, when you see Rocky go from a no one to a somebody, that's also the story of Sylvester Stallone, the actor that nobody cared about who was in a porn, who was in Death Race 2000, yeah. uh, who somehow made an underdog movie and was an underdog himself and was and ended up winning Best Picture. It's basically that guy from Boondock Saints, except he was successful. Yeah. And he wasn't a dick. Yeah. So uh, I think a large portion of the success of Rocky relies on that. And, and here's the thing, too. This is how I feel about the Rocky movies. I'll be like, oh, this movie sucks. This movie sucks. This movie sucks. Okay, he's training. Okay, he's giving up. Okay. Okay, he's training again. Yeah. I like this song. Okay. Okay, here's the big fight. These movies are sports Godzilla films. Yeah. Yeah. I had a breakthrough this afternoon. That is pretty good. Like, I, okay, I, I got you. Yeah. Go. Here's the drama. Here's the romance. Here's the drama. Ooh, there's fighting. Okay. Here's the drama. Here's the drama. Here's the big fight. And then you liked the big fight so much, you don't pay attention to the fact that the other hour and 20 minutes of the movie you didn't particularly like because the fights are that friggin' good. <laughs> that you forget that, like, oh, yeah, I was kind of yawning through the rest of Rocky too. But then you get to that fight and it's like, fuck, you got me. You got me. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So we're doing Rocky and Rocky 2 today. Rocky. And, and unrealistic, you know, unrealistic to like actual boxing matches at the time. You know, yeah. you would, you would yeah. never see real fighters hit each other that many times. No, you, know? you absolutely would not. Yeah, absolutely would not. A lot more dancing. And Rocky never covers his face. Yeah, I know. Ever. He's just like, he's he's going head first. He, he put your fucking fists up. <laughs> Even I know that. He's just letting people hit him. Stop. I don't like that. Okay, so Rocky, the first film, it came out in 1976. This film is based on Wal on the Walter Tevis novel of the same name and stars David Bowie as Thomas Jerome Newton, the alien who, as the title suggests, fell to Earth. And shit, I may have seen the wrong film. It, the Man Who Fell to Earth also came out in 1976. Oh. I'm going to be doing this every time we do a Rocky film. So get used to it. Uh, so what did I do? I messed up the computer. Okay. So Rocky won. It's soft. He's a schlub. I have seen ECW matches in high school auditoriums that had more of an audience than the first fight that Rocky has. Yeah. And also, I feel like I feel like Rocky de-ages in this film, in these in this franchise. 
he goes from a pretty old, out of shape schlub to super young to crazy old. In this film, he seems so washed up, so much older. Yeah, he seems older in Rocky One and Rocky Two than he does in Rocky Three and Rocky Four. Does that make sense? He's Benjamin Buttoning. Yeah, 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 backwards. yeah. Well, yeah. After the plastic surgery. After the plastic surgery, yeah. So, yeah. um, Burgess Meredith is in this. Yes. The Penguin. I love oh, that. I love he that. was, he was just one of those guys who was in everything while he yeah. was alive. Fucking, you never I, knew where he was going to be. He was Waldo. He was Waldo. He was Waldo. Yeah. Um, I grew up loving Rocky 3 and 4. Uh, real talk. I watched Rocky 1 a couple of times because it was always on TV. You know, in the 80s, the Rocky movies were always on TV. And... I, I liked the first one. I loved the second one's soundtrack as a child. And so when it played on TV, this is embarrassingly true. I had a Fisher-Price tape, cassette tape player, and I recorded the entire movie onto two cassettes and would listen to the movie Rocky and Rocky Two. Yeah. So I can listen to the music and the dialogue. It really bizarre thing, but especially the second Rocky movie, I grew up listening to that like it was a song. Really? Yeah, yeah. And that was a that was a, a memory that I had forgotten until Rocky Two started, and I didn't recognize any of the visuals except for the except for the uh, the the caveman commercial. But I one hundred percent knew all of the sounds. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I grew up listening to Rocky and Rocky Two, and I had them on cassette, which is really weird. But um, so, Bonnie, we're gonna start a well, do I did the same can, thing right? with earlier movies. You know, I I had Frankenstein on cassette. You know yeah. that I recorded it off a of TV. Few other. Oh things. well, that makes me feel better. I thought it was yeah. just me. No. I might have had young Frankenstein. I might have had Monty Python and the Holy Grail as well. I had a few of them. I just, I'm old. I don't remember that far back anymore. That's awesome. That makes me feel better. <laughs> that makes me feel better. My mind was blown when I learned that when he says follow Bruja, that Bruja means glue. Yeah. That's such a joke. I, I I had heard that joke 30 times until I finally got that joke. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. So we are starting a doo-wop group around a burning trash can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm down with that. I don't know what we're going to call ourselves. Let's just workshop. Let's just uh, uh, spitball some ideas. Um, uh, Carlos and the Guido. And the Guidos. Um, right. the fancy lads. Okay. Um, top hat and tranny. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Um, so that's, that's kind of like right there on the nose. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Bunny, I've got a question for you. Would Rocky be considered a palooka? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, okay, so he's a palooka. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. It's tough to count the yo's because it's so hard to understand what the hell these people are saying. Yeah. It is so difficult. A hundred percent of the time, I don't understand what they're saying. Seventy percent of the time, it works all the time. <laughs> I like... But one thing that I do like is Rocky's Big Brother Big Palooka program where he takes young kids off the street and teaches them not to be whores. Yeah. Who have yeah. no respect. You know why he does that? Because Rocky is Italian Gamera. Rocky Balboa is friend to all children. Yes. This Just like Gamera. Rocky Balboa is really neat. Rocky Balboa is full of meat. And he punches me, so it works. My hair yeah. looks amazing right now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, this movie looks like it was either filmed in Philadelphia or Belfast during the Troubles. The Troubles, yeah. as it's called. You ever seen the movie Belfast? I saw it, and I thought it was pretty good. I, uh... It took me a while to realize that the father of the family who is the center of the drama was the love interest from Barb and Star. Really? Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Uh... How? Polly's Polly is a piece of shit. Yeah. I hate him. I have always hated him. He can rot in hell for all I care. Yeah. I hate that man. I hate him. Uh, I hope his 80s robot comes to life and kills him. <laughs> also, their big date. Okay, so this is how it worked. So they have their big date and the ice rink. And then he takes her back to his house. And she's nervous to kiss him, but eventually they do kiss. Um, apparently, behind the scenes sort of stuff, she had the flu when she yeah. filmed that scene. And so when she is nervous to kiss him, she is legitimately nervous as Talia Shire to kiss Sylvester Stallone because she didn't want to get him sick on the set of his big movie. But seeing it in 1976 is probably really sweet. Seeing it in 2023 kind of looks like Rocky's forcing himself onto a shy woman. Yes, it does, doesn't it? It does, and it's creepy. Yeah. It's kind of like those stories that you hear your grandpa say. Oh, how did your grandma and I get together? Well, she said no to me so many times, and I just pestered her and followed her and stalked her until finally she said yes. Yeah. She didn't want to kiss me, so I forced her to. You yeah. know, that sort of thing. That's what this feels like. Where it's like, yeah, at the time it was fine. Now, though, yeah. in our modern lens, it kind of looks like you forced yourself onto Adrian. Yeah. So I don't like that. 
I hate it. It gives me the willies. Bill Conti is one of the greatest uh, composers in the world of sad Bruce Banner walking down a street music. Yes. Except in this movie, it's for an Italian guy who's a schlub. A yes. schlub. I think that would be a good term. Rocky in the first film and for most of the second film is a schlub. He's very schlubby. Well, I don't know. What was the other word before? A palooka. A palooka. Yeah, see, see, a palooka also implies both a fighter and a mob enforcer to me. It, it, thank you for bringing this up. My favorite character in these first two Rocky movies is the uh lone shark mob guy who is repeatedly shown to be a nice guy for whom there's nothing wrong yeah and it's like hey hey yo rock come over here yeah. i'm a mob guy maybe i've killed people i've definitely broken some legs broken a few thumbs but i also have a heart of gold here's 500 dollars. i'm a good guy yeah. and he's never shown to be to really be bad yeah but we know he's bad because he's the bad guy mob enforcer whatever but he has a heart of gold he never does anything bad except he tries to con rocky into giving money for condominiums but besides that there's yeah. nothing wrong with him he's such a nice dude organized yeah. crime is awesome yes that's what i've learned from these movies Organized crime, a-okay. Well, but if you think about it, aren't you going to want to be extra nice to the guys who you know for a fact can beat the living fuck out of you? Yeah. Yeah. You know. I like seeing Rocky nice. put on glasses. I like seeing Rocky put on glasses. But you know what I don't like? Um... I don't want, like, Bunny and I to be together, and we're really close, and Bunny says, take off the glasses. You look beautiful. Bitch, I need these to see. Yeah, baby. I need to have these glasses on so I can fucking look at things. Yeah. Don't take off my glasses. Talia Shire takes off her glasses. You never see her glasses again. Either she got contacts or she's just freaking Mrs. Magoo. Yes. Her... I don't wear my glasses at home. Oh, well, Talia Shire's overall look oh. throughout the movie, she definitely improved. She got a glow up. <clears throat> huh? She got a glow up. She, she got a glow up. up. <laughs> she's, got, she's got the razz. That's yeah. short for razzmatazz. She's got the razz. But that freaking Bill Conti gonna fly now starts playing, and it's like, oh, that does something to me on a molecular level. Yeah. It, 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 and it's not something that the modern generation in Gen Z and, and Mal or Max or Eleanor get, but that music starts playing, and damn, I want to go to the gym. 
that first knockout makes me want to cheer. Yeah. That first knockout makes me want to cheer. I remember seeing Star Wars in, in theaters pre-special uh, editions. I yeah. remember Han Solo coming back and screaming Yahoo, and the entire the entire theater cheers for like a minute. Yeah. And that's how I feel when Rocky first knocks out Apollo Creed, and it's the first time he's knocked down, and it's like, fucking, I, I don't like this movie, but also, damn it, you got me. Fucking good on you, yeah. Rocky. I, I, I hate that this movie does such a good job of getting me like that. Well, yeah, it, it, it's all like, it's, it's, uh, it's beautifully scripted. Like, what can you say? It's like, like, even the boxing sequences are playing out a narrative that's going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Where Rocky is it, trying to prove himself to everybody. And the end, the end fight is absolutely beautiful. It's, it's, it is cinema. Yeah. At its purest form, and it's, I love it. It's amazing. I love all of the fights in Rocky 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. Five can fuck off, and I never saw any of the other ones. Yeah. But the fights are great. Even when suddenly Rocky's in Russia ending the Cold War, there's still some good fights in there. I... I hate... I did not like Rocky 2. I liked like Rocky, Rocky a lot. I didn't like Rocky 2. Or, or, or as it's called in Spanish, Rocky 2. A lot of Rocky 2 felt very contrived to me. You know? Oh, 10 minutes. I like the fact... Okay. I like the fact that Rocky, in Rocky 2, it's like, hey, I won the fight. And now I've got the smallest amount of money. Time to MC Hammer my life. And then he quickly MC Hammers himself. Yeah. And is back to being a schlub. Yeah. Uh, That's basically but, it. Yeah. But before we end Rocky 1, there is a scene that got me. Yeah. Because I thought, and I mentioned this in the monologue, I thought that, you know, I got chosen to perform at Pride, and so I assumed that they would put me on some secondary stage in the corner over by the, like, vendor booths. But no, I'm on the main stage in front of everybody, and I found a picture of, like, what does that stage look like? And I found a picture of the stage, and it's huge, and it's massive, and it's just so overwhelming. And I said, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on the podcast, on what's coming up uh, first. I'm going to focus on the podcast. And I watch Rocky. And the night before the fight, he goes to the empty arena. And he sees the massive amount of seats and the ring and the posters and all of that. And he's scared. And I felt that. Yeah. So hard. And so it, it really does feel like. Uh, doing the Rocky movies this summer are going to help me because I do feel like an underdog. And the end fight is just amazing, wonderful. It's perfect cinema. How many yos did you count in the first Rocky movie, Bunny? 
we were counting together, uh, yeah. and I have we have that at nineteen yos. Okay, that's pretty good. I have eighteen. I'm going to okay. uh, uh, I'm gonna go with your number. Nineteen. Nineteen yos in Rocky. The first yo happens twelve minutes and eight seconds. A guy on the dock goes, Yo rock! And and there were a lot of yos in the first rock. Yes. There were a lot. Yes, Eleanor? You have two hundred dollars? Wow, let me see. Wow, and it and it's really rubbery. And it says E-Wealth making your financial life easier on the back. Wow, you are so rich, man. It's all about the Benjamins for you. So let's move on to Rocky Two. You will? Okay. I, I lost track of the yo's, but we'll we'll get to that. Um uh Rocky Two came out in 1979. This film is great. It's hilarious. It was directed by Carl Reiner. And, of course, it stars the legendary Steve Martin as Mavis Johnson. Oh, no! Someone hates these cans! Shit, I saw the wrong movie again. <laughs> Kudos to, to Sylvester Stallone. He wrote the first six movies, He and he directed... Rockies two, three, four, and six. Good for you. When you yeah. see these Rocky movies, you think, oh yeah, these Rocky movies are good, but it's like, dude, oftentimes he's writing and producing and directing and starring. Only two other people did that. Orson Welles and Ed Wood. Yeah. Don't it, it, my computer is a touch screen. So don't touch the screen. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Eleanor. But kudos to and also, uh, Sylvester Stallone is has his hand in so many things. He even wrote the novelization for Rocky II. Really, and it's fascinating because when Rocky is telling the story, it's in first person Rocky perspective, and it's written in the broken English of Rocky Balboa. But when it uh, talking about what's happening to Apollo Creed, it's in perfect English. Yeah. But then it'll be perfect English talking about uh, Apollo Creed not smiling for the entire film. And then it goes back to, so I was back at the docks with uh, Jimmy the Snake. Uh, yo, yo, yo. So it, it's really interesting. So he's he he wrote Rocky II. He directed Rocky II. He starred in Rocky II. Uh, and he wrote the novelization for Rocky II. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't uh, write the theme music. Should, okay. Should we restart if we cut? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. It like we were done. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, we, we should we should restart because because we still have a. I don't think I can get through Rocky II in four minutes and forty seconds. Okay, we did not run the Zoom reload thingy I have. Where is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to cut to okay. that, cut the feed, and re-invite you. Okay, cool. Right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this.
Certified frustration free packaging. Hmm. Not not frustrating, that's good. I guess I just pull here and uh Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Oh. And we're back. And we're back. We're back. Back, back, back. Rocky 2, 1979. Rocky 1 came out in 1976. It won Best Picture despite its use of the word yo 19 times. Rocky 2 came out in 1979. Almost made as much money as the first one. Good on you, mate. It was released by United Artists a trans-America com company. Wow, way to be an ally. I had no yeah. idea that Rocky was, uh, the first two Rockies were released by a trans company. Good for you. I like how the movie, how the movies always start with previously on Rocky. Yeah. I like that. The opening credits are previously on. Uh, condominiums? I never use them. It's a dumb joke that I yes. love. It's a dumb joke that I enjoy. The commercial scene is heartbreaking to me. Yeah. Where he's uh, working on the commercial. I do like the fact, I really like the fact that uh, during one of the pressers for, uh, in Rocky Two, Rocky Balboa mentions, like, what are you going to do with your money? Oh, I want to buy hats. I want to buy uh, some Muppet toys. Like a Cookie Monster and a, what's the green guy's name? Kermit. Because uh, after Rocky II, he was a guest star on The Muppet Show. Yeah. So that, and then you see a clip of him hosting The Muppet Show in the opening credits to Rocky III. So it all fits, and I really like that. Uh, here's an odd fact The Meat Foreman. He's only in like three scenes. Okay. But he's the the big yes. tall black meat foreman guy. He was a former NFL player named Frank McRae, who was also the truck driver that helped Fred Savage and the redhead from that uh one band and the autistic brother 
get to California in the movie The Wizard. Oh, I I don't know him from there. I know him from other places, though. Yeah, he's been in a bajillion things. I saw his list. It's incredible. He died recently in 2021, which was sad. Also, um, one of the actors that I love in, in these Rocky movies that I always that I always like, that I've never hated, that I always appreciate, is fucking Apollo Creed's manager. Yeah. He was an actual boxer. And so he brings a level of realism to the movie. He was a legitimate professional boxer. Yeah. And I appreciate that. He's a good actor, and I think it's because he's not acting. Yeah. I forgot Brent Musburger existed. Holy shit, you see that face and you hear that voice and you're like, holy crap, yeah, you were a thing. I I know the name was a thing. I'm not, I can't picture I can't place what he who he was. He uh he, at he, all. he was it I don't know if I remember Brent Musburger or if I remember, like, Kevin Nealon portraying Brent Musburger on SNL. Okay. That sort of a thing. Do I do I uh, remember Howard Cosell or do I remember talk show hosts doing Howard Cosell impressions? Yeah. That sort of a thing. Uh. And, and just like in the first film, when Rocky finally knocks out Apollo Creed, and it makes me want to cheer, uh, freaking Mickey showing up at the door, I think we ought to knock his block off. Hell yeah. I get. Yeah. Su- I got surprisingly into Rocky too. Yeah. I got surprisingly into it. Uh, eat light. You're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. Yeah, Rocky. I have IBS as well. Yeah. I also have irritable bowel syndrome. If yes. you go to Outback Steakhouse, they have a special gluten-free menu that's surprisingly tasty. <laughs> the scene the scene where the kids are running with Rocky gets me all choked up. And I know it's yeah. stupid. Dumb, but it, the film just uses does such a good job with the with the 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 What's the word? The montages and the music of getting you riled up. Even when the movie is okay, that scene of Rocky running up the steps and the kids following him, it just gets me. It gets me. Also, Rocky is a friend to all children. Rocky is Gamera. Yes. He is 100% Gamera. These movies all kind of suck, but but damn it. These movies are Godzilla films for sports. <laughs> okay. And I nailed it. I nailed that description. I, You're just, oh, drama, so. drama, drama, fight, drama, drama, fight, end of film. And when you look back at whether you like the film or not, you just remember the fights. Yeah. And that's it. Just like Godzilla films. Like when I think of Godzilla and the invasion of the astral monsters, my first thought isn't Nick Adams. Yeah, no. When I think of King 
Kong versus Godzilla, my first thought isn't the company head whose name is Taco. Yeah. I think of the monsters. I think of the fights. I think of that. I don't think of the human drama element. Yeah. But that's what these movies are. The fights are amazing. The rest of it is fine. But I didn't want to focus. I, I wanted to do Rocky and Rocky 2 together because I felt that we could do a solo episode just on the first Rocky. But I didn't think that Rocky 2 was strong enough for us to do a whole episode just on it. Yeah. You know? So I thought, okay, Rocky 1 and 2 can be together because Rocky 2 starts off right where Rocky 1 left off. That is one thing that pisses me off, that Rocky 1 ended with, there's not going to be no rematch. There ain't going to be no rematch. And then two minutes later, Balboa, when are you going to give me a rematch? And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's just bad writing. But, you know, whatever. I think that it sucks that he did take her to the zoo. Yeah, why? What did I miss Because there? at the beginning, they were using the R words, saying, oh, R's love the zoo. The driver of uh, the mafia guy. Oh. You should take her to the zoo. R words love the zoo. Hey, you take that back. Oh. And then, and then Rocky Two starts, uh, uh, yo, Adrian, we should go to the zoo. Why do you want to take me to the zoo? Uh, it's nice, it's fine, no reason, no particular reason. No, it's it, it's because of the R word. Yeah, that upsets me. But uh, I was thinking of Rocky. I got a hold of my pastor. I I I go to an Episcopalian church every Sunday, and I went to my pastor and I asked him if uh, hey, so I've got this big story time coming up. Will you be in town? Because I'd like to. Uh, drive over to your house and just yell at your window until you pop up and give me a blessing like in Rocky 2. <laughs> but he'll be out of the country. Oh. So he can't be uh, Father Carmine <laughs> before my story time. But uh, I like these movies. They're cute. I, I would yeah. rather see the Rocky movies than the freaking Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> they are dumb and stupid and loud and a bunch of action sequences and a bunch of egos. And The yeah. Rock can only be hit so many times in a movie and can only hit someone so many times in a movie. And there's all this drama between actors in the movies. And um, also, no one wants to talk about it. And you don't hear anyone talking about it, but Paul Walker, who is now dead, when he was alive, he liked underage girls. That's not a QAnon thing. That's not a far-right conspiracy theory. Hillary Clinton eats babies in a tunnel thing. It is a 100% verifiable fact that Paul Walker liked underage girls, but no one talks about it because they liked him starring in the Vroom Vroom car movies. That's a fact. So I'd rather watch the Rocky series than freaking Fast and the Furious. I don't know yeah. what. I, one of the things that I thought of doing this summer was uh, uh, a couple of things. The summer of low-budget shark movies. 
So not Jaws, maybe Jaws 2. Definitely Jaws 3 and Jaws the Revenge. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, uh, Ouija Shark. Uh, what? Laser Shark. Vampire Shark. You know, so many low-budget shark films out there. Amity Shark. And then I thought, oh, what if we do the Summer of Amity? Okay. But but so many of those are shitty. So then I thought, the Summer of Live, where we watch nothing but movies uh, that were based, that came from Saturday Night Live. And the reason why we didn't do that is, number one, I love you too much, Bunny. <laughs> and number two, I hate watching uh, SNL movies around my family because I hate watching like Wayne's World or the Blues Brothers or uh, Stewart Saves the World or whatever, and then having to go to my kids and say, look, this was popular back then. Yeah. And they, and they just don't get it. But also, I don't think that as a trans woman, I can do its packed. Yeah. That pisses me off. And I don't think... If we did an episode where I had to talk about the movie It's Pat, then it would basically be a whole episode of me screaming. Really? Yeah. The entire joke to It's Pat was, are you a man or a woman? Let's stretch this out to two hours. That's the whole movie. I, I, I can't watch that at all. Yeah. It's Pat. Uh, so we're doing the summer of Rocky. Okay, we're at the end of Rocky too. Bunny, how many yos did you count? I counted a lot less. I had thirteen. Yes, that's exactly the number that I got. All right. It, okay. Good. Yes. So nineteen plus thirteen—that's at least twenty. Uh. <laughs> uh 32. We're at 32. Yo, it's been only two movies and we're we're at 32. Yeah. Wow. We've got uh, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, Rocky 5, Rocky Balboa, Creed, Creed 2. We have seven movies left. Yeah. And we're already at 32. Holy crap. This is going to be hard. Uh, but we're doing this. I have faith in us, Bunny. Yeah. I have faith in our ability to successfully succeed and count all the yos in the Rocky films. Okay. That is all I have for the Rocky, for Rocky 1 and 2. Uh, I, I hate the fact that, uh, the head of the singers in all of these movies is Frank Stallone. I hate having to remember that Frank Stallone exists. Yeah. It hurts me. Yeah, Having yeah. to Frank see Frank Stallone. Stallone. You're gonna go buy flowers. Okay. Okay. Be careful. Are you good, Jeannie? Hi, Jeannie. Bye, Jeannie. Hi. I'm going to be on the main stage. I know. Look, 
See, here's my glasses. I wear glasses. Oh, where'd you go? Uh, oh. Hold on. I'm watching it on Twitch, but there's a bit of a lag, so I haven't seen anything yet. Oh. So, what? Here we go. Uh, Hi. One moment. One moment. One moment. One moment. Yeah. One moment. One moment. One moment. Okay. I just keep seeing. I just keep seeing Bunny, <laughs> and his top hat, glasses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was some award-winning podcasting. We're so good at this. Don't uh, don't don't <laughs> let the pigeon drive the bus, okay? I won't. Good. I won't. I use the book as like a as like a basis yeah. where it's where. Where I I don't read it one hundred percent perfect, but I just use it as like a character. So so the pigeon just goes, "Phew!" I thought he would never leave. Now it's just you and us, you the audience, me the pigeon. How you guys doing? You're looking good. You're looking healthy. You're looking well rested. Have you lost weight? Can I drive the bus? <laughs> and and just uh, my cousin Herb drives the bus every day. He's the head bus driver in. Guatemala, in the capital of Guatemala, which I'm assuming is Guatemala City. All right, love you. Bye. Bye, Jeannie. So that's it for the show this week. Uh, next week, I pity the fool who doesn't listen to our next episode. Yes. Because in the next episode is the one where Rocky becomes black. Yes. <laughs> it's the one where they make Apollo Creed into a good guy. The one with Mr. T. I love this one. I think it's really good. Uh, I I saw this one in theaters. I saw Rocky three and four and five in theaters. I, I I have vivid memories of it. There's something about there's something about Rocky three where where I don't think it's good. I don't think it's a good movie. I think it just plays on trope after trope after trope built out. Anyway, but there's you know, something about it that, that makes me watch it over and over again. See, Rocky Three, I have. I don't need to download that one. Yeah. Uh, so are you saying that in the next episode we're not going to be running side by side on the beach in short shorts that that's what i was looking forward to was you and i, I running don't on the think beach that's, together that's in short something shorts. we can ever actually ever rule out can we uh, yeah no no I we mean, can't like... rule it out we can't ever rule it out and i think it's fascinating that like i i guess you know when i think of rocky i think of eye of the tiger but it's fascinating that like you have to get to the third film in order for that to finally be a thing before before Eye of the Tiger, it's just gonna fly now. You know? Yeah. But finally, we get to, like, the survivor music. Yes. The, like, cheesy 80s music, and that's when like, I really like get on board. To a T. Yeah. If you had to pull out the one song for that time period, that would be it. Yeah. My favorite montage of all of Rocky 
is Rocky Four when it's like everyone's telling me I shouldn't fight this Russian, and my best friend is dead. I better get in my car, drive, and think for four minutes. Yes. That's my favorite. That's my favorite montage. While a survivor song plays, I'm going to remember everything. Dewey Cox needs to think about his whole life before he gets on that stage. That one. And he's driving the car. That's my favorite montage. Uh. And I can't wait for us to get to Creed 2, which is a sequel to Rocky 4. Not Creed 1? Huh? Not Creed 1? Not just Creed? No, uh, there's Rocky... Creed 2 has uh, Adonis Creed, the bastard son of Apollo Creed, um fight Ivan Drago's son and uh, uh, what's his name is back who was Ivan Drago I've completely forgotten his name Dolph Lundgren yeah is back as Ivan Drago and that chick that Stallone was in love with for a bit is back in it Bridget Nielsen okay is back in it and so Creed 2 is a direct sequel to it it I mean, it's a direct sequel to Creed, but it's also a follow-up to Rocky IV, which is my favorite bad Rocky. Yeah. So I'm excited to get there. But, you know, we, we will get there. It, that's in the future. Thinking back at this episode, the highs, the lows, the ups, <laughs> the downs, the Young Turks, uh, Popeye. Yes. Popeye gave birth to Mario and Luigi. Fascinating. And uh, Bill Conti, I've got to say, I think this has been a, l- a bit longer. We in the last episode we shortened the podcast, and then in this one we elongated it. But yes, we did. We said important things, and we talked about trans rights, and we talked about Popeye, and we talked about Bill Conti, and these are and Frank Stallone. These are all important things. Yes, they are. And I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good. Pretty good episode of the Pope on Film. I think it has been a damn good episode. Good. I am glad you said that, Bunny. I am so glad you said that. <laughs> because I feel the same way, but I, I feel like you're the person who makes that distinction, not me. I don't want to step on any toes here. But yes, I concur. <laughs> With your assessment. Good, sir! No one is running over here, but we're going to... So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend May Lynn. And on behalf of Eleanor and Maxwell and Natasha and Mal and everybody else in my uh, very small house, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And then Mal comes in at the side and goes, and you do swaffles and poopy toots, and then leaves. And then Maxwell comes and says something weird, and you, and then he thinks about it for a while, and he goes, fish sticks, or something like that. And then Eleanor shows up and says, 
No, and you, and then you say something, and you, and you poopies. There you go. And then we do the theme song. Do 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 do. That's from the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Do 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 bop ba dee ba da ba do wow. Cut and print. On a dookie? <laughs> what? Mm. Now the whole podcast.